The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating. Today, the first day the Cowboys players are finding themselves back on the field following Monday night's unprecedented event and the injury to Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin. And uh, as we all continue to wait for news and pray for Hamlin's recovery, we were able to catch up with both head coach Mike McCarthy today, as well as the players. Haley, you were in the press conference with Mike Mark. Mike McCarthy today. Maybe just give us a couple of highlights from that and how he's making sure that players check in not only with themselves but each other. Yeah, I loved how I think regardless, that was the first question he was asked, but I think regardless it was on his list of things to start with immediately. So I love that. He really just expressed his concern for DeMar and his family, sending condolences. But I really thought was interesting though is obviously all these teams across the NFL are, you know, talking about DeMar, talking about how it's impacted those players. And one of the things that Mike said that really stood out to me is that they opened the spiritual playbook today. Mm-hmm. They spent time with the team chaplain and really opened up, uh, leaning into the emotions, what everyone was feeling, what everyone was not feeling, uh, and really making sure that those guys are, are nourished from that way. And we've talked so often about how Mike McCarthy is a pro's pro when it comes to taking care of these guys. But as you mentioned, this is unprecedented. We've never really seen an injury like this before. So I, he continues to impress me with his ability to be a player's coach, maybe in a little bit of a different way than we think of that word, player's coach. So that was the number one thing that stood out to me. talked about making sure the guys had spiritual guidance. That's what they needed. Uh, He he said, I wrote down, let's be honest, no one is fine no matter what we're saying. We know what's in front of us, but right now spiritually our playbook needed to be open. Uh, So I just thought it was really important that he was keeping those guys at the forefront, making sure that they're all looking out for one another. Uh, He also said that he did not see the play live. He said he heard about it. Uh, It was obviously jarring. He talked about experiences that he's had in the past with some players. So it really resonates with a lot of us. It hits a little bit personal uh, to some of the players in the locker room as well, which we'll get into. But I really just thought, you know, it's just so challenging to put into words what everybody watched and what everybody saw and, and how we feel. And I really just loved that term spiritual playbook because you don't hear that a lot and so I thought that it was really good that they were able to lean into that yeah you know watching it and this is an uh, this is not a great comparison at all it's actually maybe I should be careful in even making this comparison but when we think about things that we've never seen live on television television before I kind of go back a little bit to September 11th Mm -hmm. you know we had never seen planes crashing into a building we'd never seen a football game stop down for as long as they did Typically with an injury, I mean, I think back to even Dak Prescott's injury, how brutal that was and seeing the emotions in his eyes. Or I covered a Final Four game with um, the player from Louisville. I don't know if you guys remember how Mm -hmm. horrific that injury was. It was sort of like shock and awe because you haven't seen it before. I think what really stood out watching that game, because some weeks I have Monday Night Football on, and even, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but talking to some of the players in the locker room, I'm not sure every one of those guys had Monday Night Football on either because a lot of players – sort of take a break during the week. We've heard them say they're not watching. So they they were sort of watching it as the highlights are coming through or whatever. But if you were watching it in real time the way that I was, and some of the guys that were, like Micah Parsons, said you thought it was a concussion. Mm-hmm. And not saying that yeah. that's good either, but at least we are, we're used to seeing some of that, particularly this year with Tua Tunga Um, But he never gave the thumbs up. Yeah. 
And when you see football players that you're so used to being superhero-esque remove their helmets and you're seeing the shock on their faces, the concern, the prayers, the tears, you knew it was severe. And then when you've got broadcasters that have covered so many of these games and, had nothing and they to have say. very little to say and you don't want to speculate, that's just, again, when I make that c- comparison, and, and again, I understand it's a little bogus in it's like apples to oranges, but it was the shock and the raw emotion and the concern for people you didn't know is what it felt like. And then having people sort of marinate and digest this information a few days later. And I, I think it's good. The update that we've been getting is that he's beginning to breathe a little bit more on his own. Um, His family members have been talking to some of the networks. And so it sounds like it's trending in the right direction. But as we talk about hitting a little closer to home, there are two players that intimately know uh, DeMar Hamlin, and one of those is Quadri Allison, uh, the running back uh, that we had acquired. He is from the Buffalo area, he told me, went to Pittsburgh with Hamlin. He said they were really good friends for four years. They were texting just a few weeks ago. He commented on one of Quadri's fits that he was wearing ahead of the game. And he said he even flew up there for his draft party. And he was so excited when he got drafted to Buffalo because he was from there. And so he said he and his teammates, he, he said he act, he said he didn't even knowingly put on his pit shirt today, but he, you know, he put it on and uh, he's been in constant contact with a lot of his friends and family. And, and I said, what's the one thing you want people to know about DeMar Hamlin that they may not? And they're like, his nickname is the neighborhood hero mm-hmm. because I that's that. who he was. He was a blue collar guy. And I said, what is it that you know about him that makes you confident he's going to get through this? And he goes, it's because he is that blue collar guy. He's that hard worker. He's going to figure this out. And so, but that's a guy that's in this Dallas Cowboys locker room that has a personal connection to him. Uh, linebacker Jabril Cox also was a uh, pre-draft workout partner with him. And so you don't have to necessarily know these guys personally. I think it hits close to home because all of these, was Mark Ingram recently said on Kay Adams' show, he had his sister reach out to him and say, I wouldn't be mad if you quit playing football. You know, like we've heard Tom Brady's wife talk about she didn't care that he was continuing to play but every time she saw him in the game, she was worried about him. I think that goes for all family members. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just wonder, you don't – you know, you're aware of concussions. You're aware of injuries to your legs, your ankles, your knees. But when it's something as severe as that, I just wonder if there's some players that really take that to heart. Because we have seen guys walk away from the game prematurely because they are concerned about their health. And so I think all of this is resonating. I think there's a lot of conversations being held – both with players, coaches, teammates, but also I think internally with their families. Yeah, absolutely. And something I really, I'm glad you bring up family because Mike McCarthy always says family first and then football. And he echoed that in his press conference this morning of this is the time to show family first. In this case, it's putting everybody uh, on that team with each other, having each other's backs, making sure everybody's okay. And again, we always praise Mike McCarthy on here for uh, the mental health awareness, but just giving the praise really across the NFL to make sure uh, that everybody is okay from what they saw. Because again, um, the the guys on the field, the coaching staff, um, giving kudos to even just the medical staff that that acted so quickly. So um, just prioritizing all of those things. But absolutely, I think even um, I follow... um, 
one of the Ra- recently signing of the Raiders players, um, his wife is is viral on TikTok. Alice, Allison Kush, I don't know if you if you follow her, but she talked about it on TikTok, um, and she just said, you know, this hits very close to home considering I go watch my husband play every day, and um, you know, you don't think that this is going to happen to your loved one on the field, and so even when it happened, knowing that his mom was there in the stands, having to see that, I can't I can't even imagine the emotions that she felt um, just seeing that and the shock, and and now that it's been a few days I think that shock factor from everybody is starting to come down and you see the reality of okay what do we do next we make sure you know everything's okay uh, with everybody that was impacted because it it was just such a traumatic and shocking moment for everybody that like you said Jane nobody's nobody's seen before well you know Clarence Hill on Media Mash made a great point you know Marcus Paul uh, the team uh, strength and conditioning coach when he went down last year. I remember how just shook a lot of these guys were because it happened in the weight room. Uh, they tried to revive him and they didn't. And those guys saw that and they ended up having to play after that. That mm-hmm. was that was tough. I My heart goes out to a lot of these Bills players mm-hmm. and the Bengals play, players for that matter. You know, how can you focus on a football game when you when you see something like that? Because there are things that feel, you know, bigger than the game itself. Um, and so... Again, there's there's only so much you can say. I hate pontificating on this too much because it wasn't my family member. I don't have a spouse or a loved one that's playing in this league. All I know is I cover this game, but my heart goes out to them as this feels like it's really hit close to home for a lot of people. It's a lot to consider. It's a lot to reevaluate on. And one of the things that Mike McCarthy said that stuck out to me, and then I'm sure we'll go for it, but was that he just was talking about each guy checking on the other guy mm-hmm. and just the fact that there's guys in this locker room that are connected to Hamlin, it just reminds me so much of my military time. Like, in just the military in general, it's so big, but it's so small. And the NFL's like that. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys do know each other. A lot of these guys did go to college together or were roommates together across the league. And just see, to see how it's affecting everyone is something that I think I've, I've seen, but just on a different level. So it's, it's just, I don't know, it's an emotional you know, thing. That is, you do bring something interesting uh when I think about that, you know, because you were in such a group of, of people that you kind of know what you're getting yourself into, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are these unexpected situations. <laughs> when it does hit close to home, what is that like for? It's different. It takes a, it takes a quite a bit of time. It took me quite a bit of time to snap back into being a warrior because when I was in uniform I took it very seriously and I I felt like I snapped into a place to where my survival was was it and it was hard for me to rationalize a lot of emotions because you don't have the time to feel that sometimes and with them taking this time off right now and the team kind of taking some time away it probably is setting in for a lot of guys I had it plenty of times in my military career where I was like what am I doing right now and not in a bad way because you do that's what you're supposed to do but I know for me and people that I've seen and plenty of other veterans and it takes quite a bit of time to snap back into it and you have to have people around you you have to have support so hearing the outpouring of support and people around everyone is the first start to me is that everyone's in communication because that I think that's what hurts a lot of veterans and I'm sure is what hurts a lot of athletes as well. Mm. I just wanted to add really quick because I was trying to get this in earlier, but I wanted to let you guys talk the update that the Bills, the latest that they posted about Damar. They said Damar remains in the ICU in critical condition with signs of improvement noted yesterday and overnight. He's expected to remain under intensive care as his health care team continues to monitor and treat him. That was at 1230 today. I believe that's the most recent update. 
Um, but to your point of, you know, the military background, I um, obviously have yes. never experienced that before. And I always give you so much praise for doing what you've done for, you know, this country and for your family and everything. Uh, I spent a little bit of time in college in athletic training for a couple of years. And the one of the last projects that, or last projects, one of the last checkpoints you have to make as an athletic trainer is uh, spine boarding. You have spine boarding and then you also have any type of like heart condition, how you would handle that on the field. And I remember that being like the scariest thing to have to pass because when you think about spine boarding and how every single person in within that group has to do everything exactly perfect, otherwise that person is going to lose their life. It's terrifying. That being said, I can't imagine what it's like having to be a medical professional you know, in that scenario, and you, you've, you've trained for this kind of stuff. I believe the term that's floating around, and I don't want to say that this is for sure because I'm obviously not a doctor, but commotio cordis is what's been floating around where you get an impact at the exact wrong time that your heart is beating and it just shuts everything down and you go into cardiac arrest. So I can't imagine, you know, you, you do this every day, right? Like you're an athletic trainer, you're a doctor, a medical professional, and you are ready for this moment until it happens. Right. And then all of a sudden for them to be able to, you know, keep their cool and to keep this kid alive and to keep everybody around them cool, calm and collected and to do what they do. I can't speak enough on how much medical professionals are so underrated a lot of time and so incredibly necessary. And, and you know, so as we say, you know, our prayers for Damar Hamlin, I'm like prayers to those athletic trainers, prayers yeah. to those doctors for being able to keep them alive. And I also think the one of the most important parts of Monday night's game is when both teams came to the field and they surrounded DeMar so, yep. so yep. that we couldn't see. see. Oh yeah. my gosh. And I thought yeah. that that was such, initially when it happened, you were like, what are you doing? Like, why are you guys on the field? They give them some space. But yeah. obviously retrospect, I just thought that that was so incredible that they wanted him to, even in that moment, to say. To have some dignity. To have some space. Like, privacy. But, yeah, I just, yes. I keep, when I think about what's happening, that's like literally the picture that's up on my Twitter yeah. right now. It's just like that powerful moment. So we're obviously all rooting for him. We're praying for him. Um, and we're hoping for the best. And it sounds like he's improving, so that's really good. And speaking of the medical staff, too, something that popped up on my timeline because, um, you know, a lot of things were coming up, but Chris Progner, he was in the NHL, and back in 1998, it was in a playoff game. Something very similar had happened to him, and so he tweeted out uh, giving kudos to the medical staff that saved his life that day when it happened um, on the ice again. It was a blow to the chest that he suffered. Um, he posted the video, and, and um, he, he just gave absolute kudos to save the medical Medical staff hadn't acted so quickly. I don't know if I would be here. Um, Chris went on to play, I think, the next week um, after all of that. Um, so he said, if it wasn't for that medical staff, I would not have ever stepped foot on the ice again. And so, um, again, that was that was back in the 90s. That was, what, 25 years ago uh, that that happened. So this is not something that you see often, and it's not something that you ever want to see in any sport. And so yeah, just so many kudos to the medical staff that acted quickly to save his life. And with that, we will take our first break. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. 
All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating. But first, Jess. James Wright is your 20. Actually, you know what? We did that yesterday. Let's talk about the Star <laughs> District instead. Enjoy premier dining, shopping, in all of the experiences from over 20-plus restaurants, shops, and more at the Star District. Make sure to stop into the district's newest additions, women's boutiques, all of the good stuff. Visit thestar.com for your full directory and head out to come visit. Haley, we have got some injury updates this Wednesday. Yeah, the Cowboys one makes me very happy. Uh, Tyler Biotish out with an ankle injury, did not practice, but as we've talked about, he's looking to be pretty good for the playoffs, so that's positive. Kelvin Joseph missed today with a tooth injury. Uh, and then the same thing with Tank. He's got that foot injury he's been limited with. Tony Pollard was a full participant, and Leighton Vander Esch was limited, so positive signs there. I was joking with Patrick earlier on Twitter because when we got the Washington Commanders injury <laughs> report, uh, both of us had the same idea. Uh, I was I was going to tweet. He beat me to it. But like, is everybody using like their unused PTO today because everyone's yeah. not practicing? Uh, their entire list of guys did not practice. You've got Jonathan Allen, uh, Saeed Charles, Cam Curl, Jameen Davis, Antonio Gibson, Cornelius Lucas, Andrew Norwell, Brian Robinson Jr., James Smith Williams, Benjamin St. Just, and Montez Sweat all did not practice for various reasons. There's a couple concussions wow. on there. So Montez Sweat not on there, Sick. and Jonathan Allen, what's mm. his what's his status? Jonathan Allen has a knee injury. Yeah. Uh, Montez Sweat is an illness. I imagine he'll be fine. But uh, it was a do not participate, or did not practice the, for Jonathan Allen? Every single player I just listed did not practice. And wow. that is the Washington Commanders practice report. So, like I said, a little bit of a PTO lingering over from the 2022 year. They wanted to get out of the way. So Ron Rivera didn't seem like he had a uh, didn't seem like he necessarily had a plan to sit or play his starters just yet. And he talked about the importance of having them available next year. This is a seven and eight one seven eight and one team. 
They've gone through how many different quarterbacks, Haley? We had this fun little stat earlier. They have been through three quarterbacks uh, this season. Let me find it. Eight different starters, though, under Ron Rivera in three seasons. Oh and uh, Sam Howell will now be the 33rd quarterback to start since Washington's 1991 Super Bowl victory. So uh... Now let's talk about <laughs> Sam Howell. Uh, Sam Howell has never had an NFL start. They're going to play him against the Cowboys because, as Ron Rivera incredulously learned in the postgame last uh, weekend, they're eliminated. Uh, there were, To be fair, there were a couple of scenarios that needed to happen for them to be eliminated. But this press conference announcing Sam Howell as a starter after this morning, it was leaked that Taylor Heineke was going to get the start after Carson Wentz was an absolute disaster. Inactive. Yeah. If you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Carson Wentz may, yeah, he may not even uh, dress out for this one. He was 16 of 28 for 143 yards, three picks and a rushing touchdown. So we're hearing this morning early and I'm prepping for the week that Taylor Heineke is getting the start, which makes sense, right? Because I think Taylor has not, I thought he's been decent yeah. in some of his starts. A lot of people were shocked that he wasn't your starter last weekend. Here's Ron Rivera confusing us all. And if I'm Sam Howell, I'm like, man, the bar has been set pretty low here. Here's the sound. Jazz, can you play this for us? Well, I think at first initially is, is obviously it, it, it's, it, it would be his first start. and It would become a little bit of a, a circus, you know, having to, to deal with all the things that come with being a starter. Um, but also, uh, you know, you look at the, the, the opponent and, and who you're playing and what they're playing for. Um, you know, going with Taylor would have given us an opportunity to see what they're doing, how they're doing it, and would have given Sam a chance to take a look at it, um, you know, if, if we had gone with Taylor. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, at some point, if, if Sam ever gets the opportunity to be a starter, this would be the chance. Why not get it over with now and go from there? But the most important thing is that we're, we're really intrigued in terms of watching and seeing what Sam can do as a, as a quarterback in this league. I just want to get it out of the way. This is a trial. This is a trial. I, I <laughs> right. put it in my nose. This is a trial. Right. It's just, we just want to see what he can Oh, do. of course it's a trial. This is a trial right now. Like, they, what's going on? It is but interesting, you know, but, though, well, because he is, I was reading earlier, too, that he is the only quarterback that is guaranteed to come back next year. So I, I get the, the trial. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you want to know, see what, you know what you've got. But it does, yeah. it does present an interesting challenge for the Cowboys. And I asked Marcus Lawrence about this and Micah Parsons. You know, if we think about it in the last couple of weeks, they've seen a lot of quarterbacks they haven't had a lot of looks on, but they've got nothing on this guy. Now, Micah did talk about a little bit of familiarity, given the fact they were both in the same draft class and you're sort of familiar with some of these guys. And he talked about this as a guy, you know, going to have to respect here. But you don't – someone brought up this interesting point. Uh, you knew what you were getting with Carson Wentz, like who his guy was, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you knew that when you've got – Taylor Heineke, who his guy is, like Cooper Rush. We knew his guy was like sort of Noah Brown. Who's Sam Howell's guy? Uh, I think I, I caught some preseason looks at him, and he likes Jahan Dotson. Like, okay. It, even in, I creeped and found some training camp stuff from them. And yeah, I think I had that not, up. I didn't have a chance to look. The thing about Sam, man, is like he's just a – Oh no, he just seems like a, a gamer. Like he's ready to go, but he's shifty. He has some dual threat ability, and he also is not afraid to throw the ball downfield. He was he's not 40, afraid to throw the ball. Sorry, he was forty three of sixty nine for twenty three yards. No, that's not terrifying. Forty three of sixty nine. He was sixty two percent completion, five hundred forty seven passing yards. 
I mean, I just feel like Ron Rivera at this point is sort of putting Oof. his hands up in the air and saying, mm-hmm. One interception, I give up. nine yeah. sacks. So what's interesting, <laughs> in too, is games. Ron Stop. Rivera talked about how this kind of all came to be. And so when Carson Wentz got injured, um, he was taking a lot of the backup quarterback reps. But he was told, you need to work on your footwork and your decision making. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, Ron Rivera went on to say, oh, yeah, we had conversations with players and coaches and all of the staff. No, to we say, didn't. I can tell you. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> to Dang, say that he up. fixed those things. And so it's just very interesting that the decision was made so sporadically. Um, but, but yeah, I mean. There's more to this story. Trust me on this. Oh, there are layers to this story. Oh, we do. I just also feel like, though, like, what do they have to lose in this? You know what I mean? Not, yeah, they probably like, it's just like, Look, Washington's been a spoiler before. That's have. why I'm saying. And, like, sure, here, sure, 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 and sure. this is why I bring all this up, and we'll get a little bit more into it tomorrow. Offense has been a little spotty. As you talk about Jahan, Jahan Dotson, though, he leads uh, the team in receiving touchdowns with seven. He's got, what, 32 catches, 451 yards. But it's their pass rush that's top ten in the yes. league. And, in fact, uh, when I'm looking at their defense here, hold on real quick. It's insane, their front seven. I mean, they heavily invested in this side of the ball. Um, and even as – who was it I was talking to today? I was talking to a bunch of offensive linemen. And they said their front seven guys are studs. This is Connor McGovern. Uh, they always win their one-on-ones. Uh, so, and I, I think that's interesting that they do have a very, very good defense. Now, and I'm also looking at this offensive line for the Cowboys. I have never seen so many different combination shifts. And I asked Zach Martin, in all your time, you played at Notre Dame, you played in Dallas, have you ever seen anything like this? He said no. And I said, at one point, did you guys ever get a little frustrated that you were – playing so many different guys out of position. He said, yeah, he said, but look how much, how well it's working at this point this year. In fact, it was Connor McGovern, Tyler Biotis, who told me that during the week, going through my copious notes, listeners, I love your uh, there's that book. AMR stuff. <laughs> uh, 10 to 12 <laughs> reps a week is how much, yeah, yeah, 10 to 12 reps a week, they practice these guys out of position. Um, and so they've just, they've been doing this just in case, not Obviously not to this degree do they expect they were going to need to do this. But it is wild to me that you can go in-game and just say, hey, Connor, we're going to kick you in to center. We're going to move Jason Peters over to left tackle. And, hey, Tyler, who's a rookie, we've already put a lot on your plate this year, bud. You're going to move over to left guard. Is that cool? And they seem to be doing okay. Yeah, it's not yeah. normal at all. And like. then I think what was really fascinating to me is I, I did listen to this comment from Stephen Jones uh, on 105 Through the Fan when he talked about the high ankle sprain for Connor McGovern, or Tyler Biotish, and he's like, gotta keep it together. Uh, and he said, Tyler Biotish, when you've, it's the same high ankle sprain on the same ankle, it tends to heal quicker. And I said, what is that? Like, explain that to me. Are you like a starfish? And Tyler said, look, I'm no doctor. He said, but it's kind of almost like a muscle memory. Like, it yeah. knows what yeah. to do. And so he feels good at, you've talked about this before. Yes. He feels like he's gonna be ready to go by playoffs, but to have this sort of, uh, flexibility on the offensive line is something we've not seen in Dallas, and they've they've had themselves in a tough position. And we've knocked Joe Philbin. I don't know if it's been on this show, but it's been on at least Media Mash before when we looked at this offensive line. But say what you will about Joe, and I even said this to Joe Philbin as he walked out of the locker room the other day. I go, huh. They're really making you earn that paycheck this year, aren't they? And he just kind of gave this like, oh. I mean, it's been a lot for the, for for coach. And like I said, credit to him and credit to these guys who have stepped up the way that they have this year. And even in the draft process in recent years, remember they keep talking, but they want position flex at certain positions. And, you know, it's worked out for them. 
Yeah, I was just going to say earlier, as someone who has literally one ligament left in both of my ankles after 20 plus years of uh, competitive soccer, uh, it's a weird phenomenon. With I don't know if this is like with knees or with any other body part. I can only speak on ankles because mine are terrible. But it is this thing like now it, it's so funny. I'll be walking and I'll just like roll my ankle and I'm like, oh, and then it hurts for like five minutes or depending on the severity of it, it hurts for a little bit. And then like the next day, it's fine. So I would love to know. I'd love to sit down and chat with the science as far <laughs> oh as like God, why that is what it is. But uh, I I can confirm as a source that <laughs> I don't know what it is about ankles, but they, they do that thing. So well, Connor McGovern did say something interesting to me, too, today. So I said when you're in practice, you know, it's a different look moving from a guard position to a center. And he says he catches himself at times because there is a different level of spotting and you're setting the offense and the offensive line as a center. And so as a guard, you're looking at certain things, but he says, I'm catching myself in practice and even film study. Oh, wait a minute. That's not my job this week. (laughs) And so I do think that that's interesting. And, and, you know, luckily offensive line is typically your smartest guys on the team that they're able to sort of figure the stuff out. But I mean, it just felt like the sky was falling at the beginning of the season, just losing Tyron Smith. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you've lost every guy on this line except for Zach Martin this season. Am I wrong on that? I think so. Tyler Smith, And Tyler. Yeah. And Tyler's been, yeah, and Tyler. Didn't he deal with an ankle or something for a little bit? But he was still playing through it. I don't think Tyler's missed a game. I don't either. No, he didn't miss a game. We did. Oh, no, you go. Barnacles. <laughs> no, you brought up. No, you brought up the offensive line and, and going into this game because of how good this. Mm. this it could Washington get physical because that Tennessee game was physical. Yeah, yeah. say what was. you will about Tennessee. They brought the Mike Vrabel always brings those guys, and that was that was a that was a tough game. Yeah, and if this if this defensive line like if you don't know how good they are, well, number one, you brought up how beefy they are. I'm like, nah, they they drafted those guys to stop the Cowboys run game later. Of course, it's going to be like that. But I was going to say, I I, I like um, what they do defensively with their front seven. And with the Cowboys, they the last time they played the Commanders, they had put up like 178 yards mm-hmm. on the ground against yep. the Giants the week before and came out against the Commanders and could barely run the ball. I think they only averaged like 2.9 ca- yards a carry. It was very minimal. So... If that doesn't tell you how well this this front seven can defend, obviously you got some guys coming in. This offensive line um, and this offense that's kind of been weird with running the ball this last couple of weeks. You're trying to find some good traction going into the playoffs. I would like to see how well they schematically figure out ways to run the ball, get the tight ends involved, stuff like that in this game. Um, I love that you brought that up because Zach Martin and I did have that discussion. I said, how much does it help that you've had tight end help this year? And he mentioned the fact, I mean, look how many times we've gone to four tight end sets. And I said, specifically, what does that do to an opposing defense? He said, when you've got big-bodied guys that have speed on you, you've really got to adjust as a defense with the personnel that you're putting out in the field. And so it has been a distinct advantage. And he says he also can't remember when you've had a running back duo Mm -hmm. that has been as effective. And in fact, I think it was brought up today, the Cowboys have never had a running back duo where both have gone for 900 and over. And you've got Zeke that I think is like, what, 140 shy of getting 1,000 yards a season. And you've got Tony Pollard who only needs 12. Uh, So kudos to them for... You know, again, we have we were talking about this in Media Mash. This is the most heavily scrutinized 12-win team besides yeah. the Vikings uh, this season. But the things that we've seen in Dallas are different than seeing things that we've seen in Dallas in years past. They've, they've talked about wanting a commitment to the run game. We've seen it. We've talked about the importance of it's not always the guys on the roster that should be playing. It's the most talented guys, and we're seeing that. I mean, mm-hmm. think about – the amount of looks that Peyton Henders shot and 
Jake Ferguson have gotten over your franchise t- tag guy, Dalton Schultz, at times. Tony Pollard over Ezekiel. And it's not necessarily over. It's sort of saving the legs of some of these guys so you have yeah. a fresher look sometimes. Something, too, I wanted to throw in while we're on the topic of tight ends. And on the other side of the ball, Washington, I think, is going to use a lot of their younger tight ends to try to mimic that same model that the Cowboys have put out with this tight end group. Because, well, you have a brand new quarterback who is making his NFL start. You need all the protection you can get. So these young uh, tight ends, specifically John Bates and Cole Turner, I think are going to get their reps in uh, for this game. Logan Thomas, Clutch for uh, Washington, but uh, John Bates specifically, um, last couple of years, not impressive. I mean, in 2021, he averaged four, nearly 15 yards per game, um, and then this year, nearly eight. Um, but Cole Turner had his best game in Thursday night against the Bears. He had two targets for 23 yards, but one of which was 18 yards. Not impressive with the passing, but I think when it comes to blocking and making sure uh, that Sam Howell is protected, I think the tight ends for Washington are going to play a big part in that. Mike McCarthy said something interesting today, too, whenever he was asked, you know, how do you prepare for, you know, different quarterbacks or, or what you're looking for when you have these types of matchups? And he says he looks at three different things from a statistical and an analytical standpoint. He looks at time of possession, rushes and completions for your offense, and rushes and completions allowed. So I went back and looked at Washington and how well they do that. We know that they are, have the best third-down defense in the league, which I think will be very interesting matching with up. With T.Y. Hilton. With T.Y. Hilton. expected to get more reps. <laughs> yes, and the rest of the Cowboys' offense factoring in the tight ends because when you looked at the last matchup, you didn't really have the established tight ends the way they have established and developed now. You mentioned being limited on the ground. I think Zeke had, like, 14 carries for 49 yards, and Tony was like six carries for eight yards. So it wasn't it wasn't very good uh, from that perspective. But again, the one-two punches developed. So when you look at those things that Mike McCarthy was talking about, time of possession, Washington leads the league in time of possession. They've had the ball for 534, 534 minutes and 35 seconds. But they've only scored 33 touchdowns in that time, and they've only scored 295 points. So uh, 18.4 points per game, that's what you're looking at with that Washington team. Uh, As far as the rushes and the completions from a passing standpoint, uh, they've had 323 first downs. That's not important, though, because I'm at the wrong part of my notes. Uh, (laughs) They've had 19... 1,992 rushing yards on 497 attempts. That's good for 14th and 8th in the NFL this season. They're averaging about four yards per carry. From a passing standpoint, they've thrown for 3,614 yards on 534 attempts. Good for 21st and 19th in the league. They're getting about 6.8 yards per pass from whichever quarterback lines up behind center. Uh, And I think that that is important because you talk about the defense being so effective defense wins championships yes but if your offense isn't complementing that we've seen that with this Cowboys team you're not going to get very far right so sure if the defense can hold you great but if your offense isn't producing that that numbers right there tells you that they're going to have to work a little bit harder now you're factoring in a quarterback who's never gotten true game reps I think this bodes really well for the Cowboys I also went back and looked at those same numbers for the Cowboys just for reference so I could understand Dallas ranks 16th in time of possession 479 minutes and 57 seconds, but they scored 54 touchdowns, 461 points. They are second in the NFL with 28.8 points per game. They have passed for 3,783 yards on 518th passes. That's good for 16th and 20th in the league. As for rushing, they have rushed for 2,234 yards on 504 carries. That is good for 7th and 5th in the NFL. So we've talked about it time and time again on this podcast 
how do you get your offense to go? You lean on the run game. I think this is a really good opportunity to get Zeke and Tony to that 1,000-yard mark and to really show like we're going into the playoffs on a high note. I think the good news when you look at this game is offensively, uh, they, they're bottom of the barrel this year. Um, so you're not going to find yourself necessarily in a shootout, but this defense is mm-hmm. is tough. I mean, to your point, they are the fourth-ranked total defense, 14th in scoring defense, 14th in rushing D, fifth in scoring D, and then, as you said, uh, first and third down, and they're also 10th in sacks. So this is going to be a tough team defensively. That's why you need your offense on, but I don't think the Cowboys can get themselves in a shootout that we've seen in some of these other games uh, this year. But... I was there in, in Nashville, y'all. That was a nasty game. <laughs> Finding poor out, little umbrella. I, know. I looked pathetic. I had a lot of people reaching out to me going, Jane, it's only like 50-something degrees and it's you different. look like it. I'm like, when you're standing out in the cold rain from, I was there from 11 o'clock until, what, 11 p.m. that night. Yeah, I'm dressed for the elements, folks. <laughs> and I'll be dressed for the elements again this weekend. Uh, but the Hearing Josh Dobbs right before I went on NFL Now was going to start. I often wonder if Ron Rivera should have just hold, held off on this one and released this one thing. a little bit. Because I felt like they were caught off guard. And when I asked some of the players about that, they even said they were caught off guard for a little bit. Then they sort of adjusted, not dissimilar from what we saw with the Houston Texans game. So there you have it. Yeah. Uh, we love Micah Parsons around here. I don't I don't know if I'm speaking for the group, but I think I can speak for the group. He's always some of my favorite soundbite. Uh I don't know if you guys watched the game. He was playing with a clubbed hand. Is that going to be the case against Washington? We'll update. And what exactly happened to Micah's hand? It's Clubgate. We've got that on the other side of the break. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, Jess. It's only right that the best fans in the whole world get out of this world gear. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, eat fanatics experience, and grab Cowboys Nation-worthy hoodies, tees, accessories, and more. All right, in the break, you guys want to talk about it. I have not been the most respectful to James Washington. When I talked about James Washington, I always said I didn't want to talk about him because he didn't do anything in Pittsburgh, and I didn't see him do anything here. And sadly, he was injured, and we didn't get to see it. Jess, I know you love talking about him and talking to him in the locker room. He developed a great relationship. I'll pour out my water for him. Thoughts and prayers. Mike McCarthy said that he hoped to see him again, and I do hope he gets another opportunity. But the writing was on the wall when you saw T.Y. and he had an opportunity and unfortunately it didn't come through. So I don't want to be disrespectful to him. I respect everyone in their jobs, but James Washington no longer here. R.I.P. R.I.P. All right. Let's move on. (laughs) Uh, Micah Parsons. He was playing with a clubbed hand uh, in this game. He went. I asked somebody last week. I said, what happened to Micah's hand? And they said he cut it. I said, well, what do you mean? And no one would explain it to me. And so it's this big, mysterious thing. And then it was funny. Clarence Hill reminded me that Des Bryant also similarly had a cut hand a few years ago. And when we asked Des about it, he said he was cutting carrots for a soup, which was not the case. It wasn't even a big deal what actually happened to it. Clarence and I knew, but we never reported. And again, not a big deal, but because Des never put it out there. We didn't feel like it was important Necessary. to put it out. So Micah is, is, is having a similar approach to this club hand. We will never know what happened to the club hand, but I think what's most important is he played through it. He will not have a club as well. I think that's also equally as important as that. I did think it was interesting, too, though, because I was actually paying attention to that during his press conference, and the whole time he just kept it tucked away in his little pocket. And there was at one point where he lifted <laughs> the opposite hand, and I was like, is that the one? Is that the hand? And, and he kept it. He, you could tell like in his hoodie pocket like he was moving it as he was talking about it. But he was very adamant about keeping it in that pocket. I, don't know. I as, liked it. As he Clarence, kind of badass well, to me. I don't know. I was, well, he looked like more said, of an Avenger with it, you know. As Clarence said, it was probably he was doing some clown stuff. So whatever he did, he doesn't want to talk about. That's fine. There he are some not. things that are meant to stay in the locker room, and so if he don't want to talk about it, I'm not going to dig <laughs> too much. And like I said, as long as he was able to play through it. It's kind of like when someone shows up to work and they're a little hungover. As long as they do their job, and I can't really tell. Bye. I don't. I'm like, as long as you play hurt, whatever. Get I'll do that. Not to say How that I haven't done that? that several times in my professional career. It got harder as I got older. Oh, my goodness. Uh, ladies, it's New Year's. And as we get into that, one of my New Year's resolutions is I'm doing what everyone's doing. I'm on the keto diet. But part of that to accelerate my ketoness. Uh, was to give up alcohol for the month, which is honestly not that hard for me. Uh, So that was, yes, that's one of my New Year's resolutions. Um, But I also thought we'd have a little fun with this. When it comes to the the Dallas Cowboys, in the new year moving forward, here's what you will do and what you won't do. So I'll go first, ladies. In the new year, I won't doubt the rookie class ever again. So many robust playmakers, namely Deron Bland, and I honestly didn't expect him to have the season he did. Here's what I will continue to do. I will continue to pound the table for more T.Y. Hilton. He's not just a third down guy. He's a take it to the house guy. Love it. Who wants to go next with what I will and won't? Gone since y'all's are so good. Okay, I'm going to go next. Uh, What I will do, right? What I will do. Or did you do what you want? What you will do in the new year and what you won't do in the new year as it relates to the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, I'm going to do my won't first. What I won't do in the new year is talk 
any mess about CeeDee Lamb. There it is. Because he has had a phenomenal season. I think he is peaking at the right time. That cliche of it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Uh, I was comparing some of his numbers to some of the best guys in the league right now, guys like Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, and he's right on pace with those guys. He's a top 10 receiver, so I will not ever not consider CeeDee Lamb an elite wide receiver ever again. Put some respect on his name, finally. Put some respect on his name. And I need to raise my hand there, too, (laughs) because I was quite vocal at the beginning of the season. I'm like, yeah, he has not embraced this number one wide receiver role. And things that I will do more of in the new year is advocate for a big check for Brett Maher. He oh. has been lights out. I was joking with someone the other day because Lionel Messi, uh, the soccer player for Argentina and PSG. I've always uh, said Lionel, so it's Lionel. Lionel, huh? Lionel, yeah. Leo, Lyo. I'm not a soccer girl, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I was reading an article. He has the most expensive uh, insured body part, I think, in all of soccer. And I think he's up there in the top three in all of sports. He, his left foot, his famous left foot, is insured for $900 million. So, J-Lo uh, insured dang. her backside. So, I, I'm just saying, <laughs> Brett Maher, get in touch with Leo, get that foot insured, and keep it coming uh, at Stephen Jones, at Jerry Jones. Get this man a contract because he is that guy this season. Magic and I Maher. think he will continue to be that guy. Well, I'm that. very sad. You took my what I will do. What I won't do is I won't ever uh, doubt Brett Maher again. I was very vocal on Perfect. blogging the boys uh, when all this first happened of how upset Everyone I was about was. it. But, and if somebody says they weren't, they lie. Yeah. They sit on a throne of lies. Yeah, they do. But what I will do is I'm going to change it to say I won't ever discredit Tyler Smith and all of the work he's put in because during the offseason there was a lot of talk about Tyler Smith not being able to hack it. And, you know, I won't ever doubt that he has his money where his mouth is. So, Tyler Smith, you get my kudos. Now, what I won't do, ladies, Mm. what I won't do... Talk about penalties. I can't wait for this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's what I will do, right? It's what I will do? Okay, what I will do is I will continue to talk about penalties. (laughs) But... but, Never change, Jess. Never change. But I I am firm on the new year, new me. That's not a real thing. So it is new year, same me. I will continue to talk about penalties, and I will be proud of that because as soon as we started talking about it, Guess what happened? They started they mentally focusing. They they heard it you got sis. better. So they played look, your. They played good. this podcast <laughs> in that film room. I that hope is so. Why. That like, is why they're like, like shut oh. her up about the penalties already. Oh my god! And everyone watching is like, we're tired of taking shots during the show. Like, please shut up about it. It's I, the self-awareness I, for me. I will I continue. I will continue to talk about penalties, but I will give credit to where credit is due in that they have put that mental focus in gear, and it is a fixed problem for now. We love it. We'll see. All right. We love see? it. <laughs> All right. So, All right, Aisha, beat that. Barnacles, y'all. All right, so what I won't do, is that how I go? Yes. All right, yep. so what I won't do is question whether Dak trusts his body now. He has ran the ball 39 times for 166 yards, averaging 4.3 yards um, on those carries. 15. It's about 15 yards a game. And it just matters. It's it's mattered. It's mattered. Open up the run game. But even last year, there were plenty of times where you were just like, even in the San Fran game, like run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. <laughs> but post the calf injury, post the leg injury, we knew this was going to be like a slow burn for him. So what I won't do is not trust the fact that he is going to run the ball when it's necessary. And that's a huge part of what's made him him in this offense good. And what I will do, Lord Dan Quinn, I'm trusting you here. Uh-oh. I'm going to trust Dan Quinn. 
I don't like how to uh, figure how, how you out. Your I know. Body language there. And pull because the mic it's closer. a very serious matter. It's a Dan serious Quinn. matter. <laughs> I'm going to trust him with this young defense on the back end and these horses on the front end to get this defense back to the level that it was, or at least close like to the level that it was horses. playing on. What am I doing? No, oh, you yeah. called them horses. Yeah, to get this level, get this defense back at the level it was playing on at the midpoint of the season. Good. Got some guys coming back, hopefully you, to restore some order. You were worried that yours weren't good. I know those I, are great. Well, you know, the, the the deck one was a it's little. I didn't think y'all was gonna agree. I was like, oh, I, sugar. No, he's trusting his body yeah. a lot, man. When you see him, he's yeah. out there running and using his legs more. Uh, in recent weeks, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I don't think yeah. that's even a thought in his head. You can I do just the QB come back sneak, twenty five yard QB yep. sneak yeah. against uh, whoever it was at home, and everyone's yeah. like. Oh, still and you talk about running. on third downs, like the Cowboys being so good at third downs, a lot of it is him being able to pass the ball. But when they get into short yardage situations, having that option is helping out this def- this offense a lot. It's going to help out this run game. All right. Well, what I will do is continue being a part of this Girls Talk, Boys Talk. <laughs> it has been a lot of fun in 2022. Let's have a lot more fun in 2023. And what we won't do is ignore you, the fans. So if you've got any feedback, let us know. Uh, We will be back here same time tomorrow as we continue to dive a little bit deeper into Cowboys versus Washington to finish up the season and see if they can improve their seating. See you on the next next one. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?